Welcome to Money Minutes with Madison One Bank. My name is Nick Martin, and I'm your host. Today, I'd like to introduce my new co-host for this year in 2021, Katie Myers. Welcome, Katie. Hi, Nick. Thank you for having me today. I look forward to more of our meeting minutes in the future. So today we have with us is James Vaccaro, Chairman, President, and CEO of Manasquam Bank. And he's going to join us today and discuss a few few questions that we have lined up for him. So let's start with first. Uh, last week, we saw a press release that announced the completion of a 30 million private placement transaction. Jim, can you share details with us regarding the transaction and what it may mean for the organization? Sure, Katie, thanks for having me, Nick, thank you as well. Uh, we closed, as Katie said, a $30 million subordinated debt issue. It was really issued at our holding company downstream to our bank. So $30 million, if you will, of capital. And we did so for a couple of reasons. Number one is sort of belt and suspenders, not knowing the duration of the pandemic. Want to make sure we're extraordinarily well prepared. This organization is very well capitalized, didn't need it. But again, belt and suspenders are very important. We want to make sure that we could fund our organic growth without any additional capital after the $30 million of sub-debt. That was very, very important to us. And the other thing that happened was market conditions were actually ripe for us to issue that debt. Typically, that kind of debt uh, bears a coupon or an interest rate to the bank of somewhere between 45 and 6%. And because of the market demand that uh, Manasquan Bank was able to generate, we actually, our cost of capital is 3.5% on that particular dimension. That's great. Congratulations. Thank you. So, latest round of PPP, Paycheck Protection Program. Uh, we saw expanded eligibility and loans covering additional expenses. Uh, there's an application deadline of March 31st, Correct. I believe. Can you provide us with an update regarding PPP and how the bank has navigated this round of funding? PPP round two, uh, we, we became eligible through the SBA portal on January 19th. To date, we've, we've got about 400 applications, uh, $68 million of total loans. That compares to 1,196 loans and 172 million in round one earlier in this year. It's a little bit slower, not for us, but for the overall program. If you remember, uh, right at year end, the president signed this next stimulus package and allocated $284 billion to the tr this tranche of PPP. As Katie mentioned, that expires on 331. As of the 7th of February, a couple of days ago, 100 million or just about a third of the total allocation had been uh, lent out by lenders across the country. About how many of our first round PPP loans have been forgiven? Uh, so of the 172, I think we've got about 50 or $60 million that have been forgiven. That process is going pretty well. Mm -hmm. Typically, uh, SBA has a three-month window at which to review and forgive. Uh, so today, what we have is we have new applications going in. We have forgiveness applications going in for the from the first round. So far, it's worked out very well. And if you think about it, it's been a wonderful lifeline for small businesses. And as we all know, small businesses are really the engine of growth for the U.S. economy. And that leads us into our next question. Yeah. So, Jim, how else is the bank supporting small businesses besides PPP during this time? And how can we continue to? 
It's really been our bread and butter. You know, we often talk about the origins and the legacy of this organization, which really started out to be a wonderful family residential lender and transitioned over and migrated to a full service commercial banking enterprise. In the last 10 years, the really focus has been on a combination of retail and small business. I think we just are a wonderful solution. You know, we always say, say big enough to matter, small enough to care. Uh, very, very nimble, very accessible, small businesses, each and every one of them is unique and their needs are unique. And so we have wonderful expertise within our lending area and our portfolio management area so that we're able to cater a financing solution to the exact needs of small businesses. And we do so through advertising, but we do so through an awful lot of outreach as well. Thank you, Jim. Now, changing gears a little bit, uh, some of maybe our younger clients have been hearing on the news about the Reddit investors and the Robinhood over the past few weeks. What can you say to that? Everybody loves Davy and Goliath. Everybody loves Main Street versus Wall Street. And so when you have an event like that, nobody likes to see the markets manipulated. And to a great degree, that's what's happened. Um, but everybody likes to see the big guy fall. And so the little guy through Reddit uh, basically forced the large Wall Street uh, behemoths to cover shorts that they had uh, placed. And uh, people lost a lot of money. Some people made a lot of money. I'm a market purist and I believe in supply and demand. And it always bothers me sort of ethically when these kinds of events occur. Yeah, I think we saw the internet blow up with all of our comments regarding the whole, whole situation. <laughs> So uh, let's move on. Uh, 2020 was unlike any other year for banking for the world. Um, but how is the banking industry changing and how do you envision our retail branches to look like in the future? So the whole business model distribution system is changing pretty rapidly. You're, you're continuing to see a lot of merger and acquisition activity in banks. So the, the world is shrinking. Uh, I think that the sweet spot in banking is going to continue to be the community bank. Uh, community banking enterprises. I think you saw the reemergence of the community banking enterprises in 2020 only because of the first round of PPP and knowing that uh, our very valued business customers had access. The, distri the retail distribution system is really very interesting. If you talk to sort of some of the pundits in the market 10 years ago, they would have told you that branch banking is dead and internet banking and mobile banking is the wave of the future. And if you interview those same people today, they'll tell you that branch banking is alive and well and it'll always be sort of the cornerstone of banking and it'll be complemented by others. So we think portals to entry are really very important. We often talk about the fact that we serve five generations, the greatest generations, baby boomers, Gen X, Gen Y, and Gen Z. And we have to create a distribution system that caters to each and every one of them without disenfranchising any one of those. The way people consume that product and service in a branch is changing. No longer is, or you, you, do you see telecounters and the like, you see a much more welcoming open architecture, much like sort of the Apple concept. And uh, that'll that'll continue. At the same time, we have to make sure that we maintain the integrity of personal information. And so safety and soundness is first and foremost always on our mind. Absolutely. And the retail branch is beautiful. They're modern, they're sleek, they're clean. Uh, the glass is stunning. I wish I worked sometimes in the retail branch. It's just beautiful working environment. It truly is. So. 
media outlets come out and they, they give us a lot of doom and gloom reports often, but what is, from your perspective, the state of the economy from a macro view right now? Talk to a bunch of economists, you'll see that uh, first quarter GDP estimates are around 2%. Expansion from there for the remainder of 2021. Think about something, there's a tremendous amount of pent up demand. So let's look at GDP, gross domestic product. The largest component part of GDP is consumer spending. 67% of two thirds of GDP is consumer spending. All that pent up demand, if we in fact are able to get a large part of our population vaccinated, we're able to get back to whatever, what used to be before, although it'll always be somewhat modified, I think uh, we'll, we'll be in pretty good shape. The wild card is what happens to inflation. When you have that kind of demand coming into the market and you have some inflationary pressures, on top of that, the Federal Reserve has been extra, extraordinarily accommodative. Uh, and in fact, something like one in every $5 in the marketplace today was created through the Fed uh, over the last 11 months or so. So there could be some inflationary pressures think that'll be somewhat subdued for a while. Um, the deficit is obviously a large, large issue, but I think that 20, the, the latter part of 2021 going into 2022, I think we're going to have some very pleasant surprises. Thank you, Jim. Well, Jim, thank you for joining us today. This was a great conversation, uh, host, and uh, thanks to our listeners for joining us for another episode of Money Minutes with Manus Bombay. Yes, thank you. And as always, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Also, now that we are on the Apple Podcast app, make sure to like and subscribe to us. Thank you so much and have a great week.